0: Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast. Super pumped to be joined by a good friend of mine, Lana Sova, who is a Boston-based strength and conditioning coach, personal trainer, whatever you wanna call that profession in the industry. Lana and I have a great conversation talking about doubling down on strengths how her experience in traveling has helped her as a coach, and how she as a power lifter has overcome that stigma working with general population clients. And there's some really good answers in here. Lana drops some awesome nuggets. She's super smart, super down-to-earth, really pumped she was able to get on the episode. So sit back, crack a beer, coffee, maybe whatever you're drinking, seltzer, I don't even know. But sit back, enjoy, and see you next
1: all right so my name is lana soa and i am online and in-person strength coach and i help women to get strong as fuck to the point where they can throw the husbands out of the balcony if those shall we <laughs> um, well this last part is kind of uh fun because that's that's actually one of my client's goals at least it was when she first came to see me she was like yeah you know what i want to get very strong i'm like why she's like well you know my husband is like 225 pounds and i really sometimes want to like throw him out of the balcony so i want to be able <laughs> to do that i was like okay <laughs> sure <laughs> So yeah. And uh, what else? Why do I do it? Um, that's a great question. I kind of go through phases of figuring out why strength training is important to me. But one of the things is um, it makes me feel more confident than I've ever been. So I'm a powerlifter lifter also, and I've been doing that for about four years now. And um, there is something about being able to lift heavy weight and knowing that you worked real hard for it. And it was you who went basically from zero to like, let's say like 300 pounds, you put the work in and you see the result um, and that helps with confidence. And so once I felt that, I realized how important it is for a woman to feel the confidence that we need. And I just help women to feel the same, you know.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And Lana Sova, I think you've left a lot of stuff out of that introduction. Um, like, do you want me to fill in the blanks? Do you want me to do an introduction? you want me to fill in the blanks for Lana Sova? My introduction for you?
1: I mean, whatever you want to do. I'm a very modest person, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, Okay, I'll do it. So uh, <laughs> Lana Sova, Boston-based strength coach, uh, coaches in person, also runs the platform Shameless Strength Academy. Yeah. Which is super badass. If you get that get follow, you'll enjoy I actually <laughs> enjoy blog. reading almost all your posts because oh, they're not you. only entertaining, but um there's always like a little like perspective nugget in there that kinda helps. Um and my favorite one actually one of them was today where like if people are giving you bullshit advice, you should call them through law enforcement. Oh. It's life threatening. <laughs> like it's just it's like things that people just need to hear and I love the the, the brutal honesty behind it. Um yeah. And we met through Strength Faction. Mm-hmm. Um, you routinely try to police myself, my alter ego, Kristen Callahan. <laughs> Shout out to Kristen Callahan. Um, and, but yep. you are like, definitely the silent instigator in that group. Um, but yeah, so that's how we met. And uh, mm-hmm. now we're doing a podcast. Yeah, I'm very excited be, to be here. It's, it's, I mean, this is what's up. It's my first one in a
1: while. I've kind
0: of been like really slacking the last couple weeks. So I'm really excited to knock the rust off, harness my inner cobra. <laughs> and uh get down to the the down and dirty questions and I actually yeah. want to kind of touch questions. on your powerlifting background and I yeah. want to start there. Okay? Um, All right. Should sure. so with your clientele and 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 some of them I'm I'm sure are powerlifting um or prospective powerlifters or or people who are are competing in the sport of powerlifting. But as far as those that are a a gen pop clientele or people who have no interest in competing in powerlifting, have you had to overcome kind of like that? Like, like, Oh, I can't train with you because you're a powerlifter. Like, you know what I mean? Where people maybe think that because you compete in a sport that it's like not, you're not the right coach for them. Mm -hmm. or, Or really that's probably the most false statement you can make. But how have you kind of conveyed to people that, that you're, or maybe converted your coaching style or built your Mm -hmm. coaching style to fit anyone in any given point where they're at?
1: Yeah. So, well, the thing is, um, one of my like number one coaching styles is never push my personal training on anybody else. Right. So, um, a funny story, a lot of my now powerlifting clients have become powerlifters because they want to see, uh, like me competing. It, It was, it was just, um, So I guess my um, excitement about powerlifting kind of helped them realize that, hey, I can actually do that too. And so I never push anything um, in terms of like competitive powerlifting onto a client. Um, and I've had, especially when I used to work at a gym, at a commercial gym, I've had people saying, Hey, you know, I know you do powerlifting, but this is not what I want to do. Uh, like, is there any way we can like figure things out? And usually like, I'm a strength coach. I help women to get strong. It doesn't have to be powerlifting, um, but usually a lot of my clients came to me from like doing fitness classes or maybe trying to do some like high intensity training or like bodyweight exercises. And they want to learn more about strength training, right? Uh, Some of them wanted to lose weight, but as I always say, you know, weight loss is kind of like a side effect of strength training um, if you do, right? Um, So in terms of... People, people saying, like, you're not right coach for me. I've had that, but I never push anything on them. What I usually suggest is, you know, I, what I usually say, give me a month to show you uh, what you can do in terms of strength training. Um, and it doesn't have to be powerlifting. And then if you feel like I'm not right coach for you, that's fine. I'll give you a refund and we'll just go about our ways. But usually 99% of the time they, they kind of stick because they realize that, like strength training is not powerlifting only. It's, it's so much more than that. You know, it's, it's, it's so much more than that. And once they feel the strength and realize the strength they have in them, they realize that everything else is kind of secondary, you know, the weight loss, uh, the insecurities that they had about, you know, lifting heavy weights, uh, becoming bulky, all of that is somewhat irrelevant. Um, uh, in terms of like the way they feel now when they actually can lift heavier weights and, and they feel much better, uh, they look much better and all that stuff. I'm not sure if I answered your question, but like that's... <laughs> no, for
0: sure. It just sounds like, you know, with, like, like with most things in this industry, it just comes down to good communication and then yeah. managing expectations. Like if Absolutely. people think they're going to be training like a power lifter and mm-hmm. you'd say, no, this is what we're going to do. Like then you've just laid it out versus if you're just, you know, everyone's getting under a barbell from day one because that's what, that's what your coaching style is. And like, that's kind of the expectations there, but just good communication and managing expectations with clients, I think is, is probably what 99% of trainers just need to really focus on doing.
1: Yeah. I would say the, the communication is, is probably also, that was like my hardest part about like just getting into the industry. Cause I, I, well, first of all, uh, you know, English is my second language, right? So like there is that part, but then also actually realizing that as long as you are open and as long as you communicate things uh, in a way that the client or the person in front of you can understand and actually can manage the expectations or you can't help them manage the expectations, then the journey that you two or like whatever, how many people you're working with um, going to have together is going to be actually productive and successful. Um, which is hard. And, and it's, it, it's not only in, in strength training or like fitness industry, like in life in general, like communication, the good communication is pretty hard skill to have. But yeah, I mean, I would say like in terms of clients, only like 6% of my clients are powerlifters, really. Um, and by powerlifters, I say it's either women who train or own a program, a powerlifting program specific, or those who have competed at least once. Uh, the rest of my clients are just, you know, general, like regular people, <laughs> wonder women, as I call them, who just want to be strong and, you know, feel good about them. Um, I have a lot of clients in their like 50s who just want to age gracefully, so to speak.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, That's awesome. So, That's yeah. awesome. Uh, so this is something, and, and this is, gosh, this is probably. I don't know why this sticks out in my, my, my memory of, of Lana Sova. Oh. We were in like a group text message at one point. And I want mm-hmm. or no, we were in a group Instagram chat. Instagram That's what chat, it was. Away, yep. I remember you saying, this was like probably a year ago when everyone was all hot on IG and trying to get those clicks and those followers mm-hmm, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And you were like, hey guys, I'm actually, I'm going to like really minimize my time on this. I'm just going to focus on where like I have my most presence and like where I'm, I feel the most comfortable, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And that's like the example, but what strategies have you done over the last, however long you want to phrase it to just really look at yourself, whether it be you as a coach, you in your business and just double down on your strengths. Like what does that process look like of identifying your strengths and then saying, Mm -hmm. I'm good at this, I'm going to double down on this. And and what does that like kind of look
1: like for you? That's a great question, Cassie. My, um, Oprah. my Oprah. it's my Oprah question. I told you, <laughs> I gotta knock the rust off,
0: but I'm coming in hard. Damn. Kevin Larry yeah. and I are gonna battle, man. We're gonna go battle the fitness podcast uh, titans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I am excited to to see slash hear that. Um so in terms of yeah, so I used to be, as you know, I used to be extremely um kind of like what is the word I'm looking for? But like very, like I spent, I used to spend a lot of time on Instagram. Like I used to post a lot and I used to be extremely active there. But then I stopped because I realized this is not what I wanted to do. Like it's not, it's not what, why I'm in the industry. Like it it, it wasn't really um, fulfilling in a sense, right? Like I like writing. I really, I really enjoy that. Um, and so I, I kind of realized that the two things that I love the most is helping people and writing. Um, I wasn't able to do that when I was, you know, on Instagram, or or people weren't like really seeing what I had to say, because on Instagram, you have to realize, like, first you have to capture the viewer, right? Um, And it usually happens through the picture. And then if they've kind of liked what what they say, they they might open your caption and kind of read it. Um, With Instagram or with with Facebook, uh, it's kind of like it's, easier in a sense of like if if the headline is catchy like people will read it like if you speak the 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 uh your audience language so to speak they will read it um the same with the emails the same with the uh, blogs so what so i stopped doing instagram and i kind of double down with writing so uh mostly i send out emails that's what i do the most of my kind of like you know um she that pops in Lana's head and she wants to share with people sort of thing <laughs> about strength training, um, Facebook and the blogs. And I write blogs for myself and I write blogs for other people. Um, and that's what I think my strength is. But also another reason why I wanted to leave um, Instagram was because I realized that I spent a lot of my time focusing on just posting out content, a lot of it, and I was kind of forgetting to take care about my clients, right? And so that was kind of like, it was pulling me away from what was important. And so I just dialed down to kind of bring my focus back to my clients, helping them, making them my main focus, plus writing. Um, And that's that, you know?
0: What would be some advice on on helping someone like, say if i feel like i'm really good at um working with groups like say mm-hmm. I, I feel much better and i think i'm a better coach in like a semi-private setting mm-hmm. than i am in a one-on-one setting mm-hmm. um what would be like your advice to me to say if that's your strength you should double down on that like what would you tell me like things that i should either do to build that part of my business or mm-hmm. to really hone in on that skills or even maybe kind of like cut out things that maybe are counterproductive to that i know it's a really broad question but i feel like you might be able to
1: crush it you like asking the broad questions like it's i do because i (laughs) want to see
0: where you go with it like that's that's the point is i just got throw the softball out there and i want to see you just
1: take a big hack at it yeah well so the thing is um first of all i think it's really hard to know what you're strong at unless you try it right so like Mm. uh taking your example right like you know that you're better with coaching groups right but unless you tried it you didn't know whether you were good at it or not right so um when i left the gym, the commercial gym. And I now, when I coach in, in person, it's like semi-private, right? So like I, I coach at a Tony gentle studio in, in Boston, in Boston. Um, and I see like two, three people at the same time. Right. Um, and that setting I like, and it also, you know, helps me, whatever. Um, I think I'm pretty strong at it too. But um, kind of coming back to your question is, unless you try something, you don't know whether you're good at it or, or you're not good at it, right? Plus then another part that comes into it is practicing, right? So you It's like learning how to walk. You know, like you have a six-month, you know, daughter, like you know that like it will take you at least a year to learn how to start walking and then running it so practicing and 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 doing the thing over and over and over again that's where you're gonna become better at this skill and and it doesn't matter what like what i think is important is whether you enjoy it or not right because like you can become better and stronger at that particular skill um unless like as long as you practice it right so like in terms of i'm going to take myself as an example like with writing um my first blog post sucked both. It was it was just terrible, right? <laughs> uh, my first email sucked absolutely. And like all of those first absolutely sucked. Like my first program that I wrote for a client sucked. I still have it and I look at it um, every now and then. Uh, but what I started doing is, and I know it sounds really cliche, but like creating a routine that helps you to succeed every day at that little task. Um, so like I write for like 30 to an hour every day. So like the first thing in the morning, what I do is just like sit down, go to the coffee shop and I sit down there. I write and I write everything that goes into my mind, no matter the subject or the question or anything, like I just write it up and then I kind of do something else and I come back and I choose what I like and then I make it better. Um, and I spent about, you know, like an hour to like two hours a day on that particular task. And I think like when you're, you know, coaching people, what have you making sure that you have, you know, two, maybe three hours a day when you coach groups instead of one-on-one and kind of seeing like which one you like better, um, and then taking, the things that didn't go well and kind of figuring out how can you maybe improve them and try them next time. So it's a constant work. It's not like one thing that oh I'm good at it. That's it. I'm just going to like fucking do it. Like you can always improve it, you know, and, and, and to improve it, you, you absolutely have to, make a routine of it it's like if if you had a client who would be like hey i want to you know get stronger i want to have a deadlift 200 pounds and i can do maybe 32 kilo you know kettlebell how can i improve it well what would you say to the client well you have to do you know deadlifts you know at least once a week you have to practice the movement you have to practice hip hinge and that's how you're gonna get stronger so that's your answer Absolutely. I like that
0: answer. That was a really good answer. <laughs> it was, was a, really a very long answer. answer. <laughs> yeah, no, an answer. I like it. That was that was straight fire. I appreciate that. That was a good answer. And that uh, was a really so good question. I you know I'm basically Oprah. Like I really have <laughs> compared in so many episodes, I just say like I ask like I maybe I'll find like a, a better like journalist, interviewer, or whoever, but I've just I'm just out here. Yeah. Everyone knows who Oprah is.
1: You, you you wanna hear a funny um like a fun fact about Lana. Lana. I've never yes. I've never watched um Oprah's show, like not even a single episode. <laughs> I haven't
0: <laughs> I actually haven't either, but I feel like she's just super iconic and like yeah. people know who who she is.
1: Yep, um, yep, yep.
0: So that's why I go with it. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think you and I are in the right age demographic to have watched Oprah. Yeah, I don't think I don't, so. Yeah. How old are
1: you?
0: I'm, I'll be thirty in July.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think that's like a couple of years older than us by Incredibly. a couple of years. I think it's like our like, our parents probably know more Incredibly. about Oprah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wanted to to wrap up the three things, mm-hmm. and we were talking a little bit about how you were just overseas celebrating your thirtieth birthday. Yeah. Um, how is your experience traveling helped you as a coach?
1: Oh, that's a wonderful question. Oh, um, <laughs> three for three. You're,
0: you're just flattering me. You're just being nice.
1: Yeah, well, I'm a very nice person. Um, <laughs> well, that's what people say. <laughs> um, so, you know, I love traveling. And one of the reasons why I quit commercial gym was so that I have the flexibility to travel more often than I used to. Um, not to say that I travel now too often, like it's kind of happens once a year, probably maybe two. Um, But, you know, I feel like as a coach, I've been doing the same thing in terms of like, you know, I'm a strength coach, right. And that's something that I've been doing for a long time. I'm very, confident with it Um, it comes easy to me now like yes there are a few things that kind of you know like I have to maybe reread or relearn but like the understanding of you know uh, like how to work with clients and all that stuff like now I know it uh, versus when I was like six years ago when I just started so it's kind of being comfortable in my own skin in that particular setting when you travel And if you go to a different country, um, and not to say that Scotland was different in the sense of the language, but it was still different, Um, you become, like, it's, it's, you come out of the comfort zone, and, and you become more vulnerable, and you can understand your clients when they just come to you, and they've never touched a barbell, like, you understand how it feels to be out of your comfort zone, trying something that you've never done before, and just like being extremely vulnerable in that sense because like the example i'll give you so it was i kind of try not to be hard on myself but it's 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 hard not to be because i'm that person but uh, so i beat off a little bit more than i could chew with my traveling um in scotland i wanted to rent a camper van and drive it and i've never dro- like driven a stick shift ever and i've taken a few lessons. And I was like, oh, that's just, that's going to be easy, you know, whatever. Uh, plus, they also drive from the opposite um, side of the road. Um, and the wheel is also on their like, right side, I think. is that. Um, and so I didn't really think, like, I was super confident in that. Like, I was, to the point, I was, like, very cocky. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be easy, you know, not a big deal. And then once I got there, once I got the camper van, I realized that, Oh shit. <laughs> it's much harder than I thought it would be, and I don't think I could do it. Like, it was kind of soul crashing in a way, but I also learned to kind of roll with it no matter what. And so, when it comes to becoming a better coach, it also has to do with you becoming a better person. And to become a better person, you have to go through the obstacles, like such, so you can realize that, like, your clients are also human beings just like yourself and all the feelings that you go through your clients go through as well and so um i would say in the sense of me as a coach i am very um i try to stay on that the same human level as my clients and i think traveling helps me to kind of stay there if that makes sense
0: yeah for sure you know that was awesome. Yeah. I'm really glad I ended with that question because that was a really good answer. <laughs> and I didn't—I love asking the questions and not really knowing where people are going to take them. That's why they're kind of broad. But yeah, um, that was uh, that was awesome. And I think that yeah. is—I'm sure there's a lot of layers as to why traveling is important as like a, a coach oh, and, yeah. And just kind of kind of almost like check out a little bit and mm-hmm, just push mm-hmm. the reset button. But oh yeah, really no, like that's that's true. Really yeah,
1: that's in. that's true. I mean, um, I would say that, and you know it well, like um, I being a coach is hard. Like we deal with people working with people is hard period. Um, and so just going away, changing the setting, um, is helpful to kind of push the reset button and whatnot. Um, in terms of me being also an athlete, I like to train at other gyms that I am not used to. Um, and I usually, generally I try. I still take my gear with me. Um, and I start, and I try to train at a different location. Um, uh, Can you hear me, Cassie? Because you kind of froze. Oh, yeah, there you go. Am I Uh, frozen? Yeah, now you're good. Now you're good. Um, And so as an athlete um, and a competitive athlete, um, I like to train in a different environment because when you go to a competition, it's usually a different gym. You've never been there before. The environment is different. um, And like a lot of little things that go into play that could affect how you perform. And so I like to go and you can even talk to my coach. Like I usually go like a month before, before a competition somewhere else, like traveling and I then try to like train there. Um, And I do it somewhat on purpose so that I can kind of think about, well, this is how it's going to be at the competition. Like you're not used to anything here and that's how it's going to be. So I think it's, it's helpful also from that perspective um, to, you know, have some competitive advantage if, if that makes sense, yeah, for sure.
0: So. That's uh, pretty heat. That was the uh, that was a, a solid three things. It feels good to be back in the saddle. I'm glad, uh, Lana Sova, you were, you were able to come in and do that. Well, thank you so uh, much.
1: Cassie. Yes. that was the three <laughs> things it was gonna be. Oh, like, god, yeah,
0: I said you're pretty nervous. I am.
1: Well, I'm actually nervous about the speed round. Like I, should, yeah, I mean, you should. The speed <laughs> round is the speed round, uh, No one
0: really knows what you're gonna get.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, no, you don't know what you're gonna get, and second of all, like I, like as I said uh, before, we got on um, last time. I listened to a podcast. I think that was with Jay Birdie, and I don't really remember how it ended. Really, um, so I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> no, <it's> fine. No, <laughs> Be it's gentle fine. to me. No, it's fine.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, so the speed run, it's like a mullet, like I, you know, it's like p- business in the front, party in the back. Yeah. Um, what is the oddest thing that Americans do? What is the, what, sorry? Um, like the weirdest, weirdest that,
1: thing, <laughs> what is the weirdest thing you,
0: that's a loaded question.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a loaded question. Um jesus uh the weirdest thing that americans do i would say speaking loudly on a phone in a public <laughs> i can hate it dude i just cannot like i don't know i've traveled to many places that's that's what americans do just like very loudly especially on the speaker like it's like basically talking about everything that happened like last night or going into details uh, that nobody else really needs to hear so that's i would amazing.
0: say that <laughs> that was a that's a very generous answer because i feel like you could have gone a long ways with that i could have <laughs> oh yeah um what's the coolest place you've been to
1: what's the coolest place i've been to um you know what um it, I'm probably am biased because I just came back from it, but I would say being in the middle of nowhere in Scotland um, in one of the national parks, and I went for a hike, which was basically going from one village to another one. Um, it was like about 18 miles, whatever, um, and just kind of being not really stranded, but like I got I got lost for a little bit. Um, I was kind of like in the mountains and whatnot, and it was the, the, the most gorgeous thing thing i've ever seen like the mountains snow pigs um the lake that was there it was just glorious so yeah i would say scotland somewhere in the middle of nowhere
0: you said that's <laughs> so calm cool and collected you're like yeah 18 miles in scotland <laughs> middle of nowhere between villages i got lost it was whatever it I was great no it was, it was great
1: cool. dude it was awesome <laughs>
0: Like, I literally would be, like, the biggest anxiety attack forever for me. So that's, uh, uh, you You're an what? absolute savage. I was
1: like, let's just keep going. I'm going to walk out somewhere. I just need to find the road, and I'll be fine. So that would happen.
0: Or you'll get eaten by a bear.
1: You know what? I Before I – so, <laughs> funny story. <laughs> I am – I'm afraid of bears like I have that you should spirit. be
0: that makes sense
1: yes and that's why I don't usually go on hikes like in the states too much but before I went on that hike I asked locals if there were bears and they told me not so that's why I won that was the only reason <laughs> oh my gosh you're very trusting <laughs> yeah you're very trusting um yeah well I then I googled after I came back you know, and and actually there is not much wildlife in 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 Scotland so yeah there were no bears
0: it's <laughs> um <laughs> moving on what is your yes. favorite fruit from a different country
1: my favorite fruit from a different country well um i'll tell you that i've never been to asia so no like crazy um terrible fruits there but uh, there is one actually from my country but i don't know how you guys if there is a name for that so i'm not gonna say that i would say that oh, i'm not actually a fruit person Really, well then, what uh, was it from Belarus? Was that what was it from? It's like a berry, and it grew in my grandparents' um, backyard. And I don't know if there is a name for that in English, really. Um, so I would just say probably the strawberries that my grandma used to grow because they were delicious, very organic. <laughs> mm,
0: mm, bougie. But,
1: uh, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> bougie
0: Belarus berries. Okay,
1: all right. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what's your favorite lift
0: to PR in?
1: Mm. It's always deadlifts. It's always deadlifts. <laughs> <laughs> I love deadlifts. My um, last one was 341 pounds on a deadlift during my competition in March. Um, it was hard, but I did it and I love deadlifts. I would do them every day pretty much like twenty four hours so and like I love deadlifts.
0: <laughs> you I mean, you could deadlift every day.
1: I could. I
0: could. Yeah. You can we can make that a thing. I could. Do you remember like he was like two years ago there was a guy i think he was like the ceo of, of um, like a supplement company like muscle farm or something mm-hmm. he did a workout where he did squats every day
1: yes i remember that you know what i kind of don't like squats i wouldn't do them i, I but hate squats. <laughs> deadlifts deadlifts i would probably do them every day um I, I mean honestly i do i think i squat i mean i deadlift like and by deadlift i mean like i do different variations of a hip hinge right um, at, at least two to three times a week. So almost there. <laughs> That's close enough. We'll round. That's up close to Three,
0: three rounds up to seven. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go yeah, with yeah, that. sure. <laughs> um, what is your uh most embarrassing Tony General Core story? <laughs>
1: Oh Jesus. I uh, you, you put him on the spot like that, huh? He
0: doesn't listen to this podcast he's only been on it, so it'll be fun. I can like, just, like I, I will make him
1: listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> most embarrassing. Oh, wait, I don't think I have one. Uh, let uh, me think. I mean, I've funny. known I've known Tony for gee, two three, like personally 2-3 years probably. But embarrassing story. Oh, gosh, there were so many. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh no um i think my first time when i like actually uh met him in person uh like i couldn't Pull my eyes from his biceps, like I was just like, holy! Like, how a person can have such big biceps? Like, I couldn't. That's an embarrassing Lana story. That's an embarrassing embarrassing, Lana story. But I don't really have many. Like, I don't. I don't know. No wonder he has
0: you training in his studio. That's the biggest ego (laughs) boost ever. (laughs) God.
1: Well, I always tell him how big his biceps are, so I think that really struck his his ego. And I also bring donuts every now and then, so you know.
0: Oh, what's your favorite kind of donut?
1: (laughs) My favorite kind of donut. Um I would say Boston cream. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm a
0: filled donut guy for
1: days. Oh, like, I love who, filled donuts. Yeah,
0: I don't oh people my who God. my wife uh eats like plain like cake donuts or like just plain donuts in general mm. without frosting or anything and I don't uh-uh. it's it's I mean I get it if it's like a really good one but I don't know, man. Filled donuts, Boston cream is worth. Boston
1: cream is th- well. I like Boston cream and, and jelly filled. That's like very basic, but I love it so much because I like jelly and I love donuts. So you know, combine the two, perfect. Uh, <laughs> uh.
0: Have you ever had a peanut butter and jelly donut before?
1: I have not. So
0: if you ever go into New York City, there's this place mm-hmm. called Donut Plant.
1: Mm, I've heard fine of it.
0: Donut, find Donut Plant. Yeah. Get yourself yeah. a peanut butter and jelly or mm. fluff and nutter. A oh. donut, yeah, no. Damn, really that sounds delicious. Uh, <laughs> that going to sounds... Brooklyn in August, and I cannot wait. Oh yeah, that whole city of food, I can't mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. Can Are you going to see Daffy? I might. I'm actually. I'm going to be super close to uh Astoria, so I'll mm-hmm. be just uh just south of it. So I might look to meet up with him. I'm not sure. Cool, um, cool, cool. I'm not up on my like New York City geography, so I don't mm. really,
1: I don't really know where I'm gonna be. But
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, well, New York my, City
1: is quite big, so you know it
0: is. I, people tell me there's a lot of stuff going on, so I'm not oh, sure. Yeah.
1: So. It's it can get very overwhelming. Like I I personally not a fan. Like I know people love New York City, but I don't. And specifically for that reason, that it it can get super overwhelming. Plus the smells. Like you go in there in in oh in in the summer. You will totally understand what I'm talking about. Oh, I, yeah. NYC sure. are terrible. <laughs> Boston is
0: one of my favorite favorite cities for sure. It's, uh, yeah. it's a good size, mm-hmm. it's a good good culture. The people are a little nutty. A little nutty. Not, not bad. <laughs> a lot? It's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Yes. Uh, last question true, of true. the speed round, Lana Sova. When you yes. come up to Vermont, what, um, what are you most looking forward to doing
1: so I can make sure we do it? Gee, um, well, I, I would want to go hiking, but I'm not sure if that would be possible. Yeah. But like, um, I actually very much looking forward to meeting your little one. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, she's whatever. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, she's cute, but she's baby. Yeah, we can
0: totally go hiking. We either do no hiking. We'll do- and- oh yes. We'll do camel's hump or we'll do the long trail across the top of Mansfield, which is my favorite hike.
1: Okay. Well, then we're going to go hiking. Then we're going to get, you know, crack some beer or, or cider and have fun.
0: Do you drink cider?
1: Yes, I do. Oh, there's yeah. plenty of ciders then. Beer gives me um, like bloat and just doesn't make my tummy very it's fine. Heavy. There's plenty of ciders. The yeah. ciders and
0: meads. There's a lot of meads now.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Mm, I know. I'm, I'm more like a It'll cider be an person, experience. you know? <laughs> it will be it'll be an experience I just have to make it out there um you know
0: we'll make it happen because I gotta make it some of us will be seeing each other somehow
1: yes yes We, I gotta make it I mean it's easier for me because I don't have any kids so you know
0: I can't let you borrow mine if you want. Oh
1: no, thank you. I'm 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 very <laughs>
0: fine. <laughs> I'm well, good. Sova, thank you so much for making time to come on the three things, and you're gonna be up pretty soon. So, you're okay. gonna be up like, like this week even.
1: Oh wow, that that's that's quick. But well, thank you so much for having sick. me. It was fun. Really, so it's not gonna it be our as, last
0: conversation as, for sure. Well, I hope
1: so. I hope so. But it wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. It so. shouldn't be. It's not.
0: <laughs> I mean, I know you're talking to like Oprah 2.0 over here, but it's not that scary.
1: Yeah, no, it's actually, I had a lot of fun. So thank you for having me.